All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Unapologetic Hour. I am half of your host, Vaughn. <laughs> and I'm the other half, today. I don't even think we said anything like that on the last right, we have it. <laughs> Y'all know who it's we are. Right, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> In a minute, y'all. We back though. Yeah, y'all know exactly who we are, so it's good. Yeah. Um, hope you guys are having a good day out there. Hope you guys have had a good week. Um, we're still in February, and we're looking forward to what God has for us in 2024. Yeah, yeah. February. I mean, so far so good. You know, it's definitely not what it was last year right. or <laughs> the three years before. Right. So thank you, God, for that. Yeah. <laughs> So in, in, in tune with 2024, and what we want to start doing is getting you guys prepared for 2024, business-wise, financial-wise, um, real estate-wise. And so uh, my wife had the idea of this episode being about real estate. And then yeah. uh, next week, next week we're going to do um, business. And then after that, we'll do like a financial. Mm. Or maybe, you know, we could do, make a, a longer, or drop Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesday on business, Thursday on finances, and then something spiritual after that, or oh, mix yeah. it up, or yeah. however. Um, yeah, however, yeah, we, however, however we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's very imperative that you know we begin to look at legacy and how we're going to build wealth. Mm-hmm. And I don't want people to get in their mind when you think wealth, you automatically think a dollar amount, like billions or millions, mm-hmm. this and yeah. that. But I just want us to look at a wealth as just being comfortable, being financially free, being able to do what we want without letting our bills dictate what we have to do. So what oh, I mean, good. what I mean by that is for me, I used to go, oh man, I want a uh, $700 million. No, I just really want to be financially free. I want to be able to reclaim my time. So what that means is for right now, I only want to work four hours a day mm-hmm. and I have a goal. I want to retire at 50 and then I just want to travel the world. So what do I need to do to get that? That's that's wealth for me. Instead of putting a dollar amount on wealth, I want to be able to have us redefine what it is, what we think about wealth. Because to be honest, a lot of us won't get to the billion dollar. Yeah, that's true. Mark, mm-hmm. it takes it takes a lot to get to the billion dollar mm-hmm. mark. And so, if we make that our mark and we don't get it, we become discouraged. But yep. we can still gain wealth because although I might want wealth. It could be gained in my legacy, but I have to be the first person to plow the ground and set the blueprint. A lot of people who are wealthy came into a blueprint of what it is to establish that. You're right. And so how do we how do we like as a people, you know, because historically in our community, African-American community, we're not really creating that legacy or not leaving it behind. You know, a lot of times debt is left behind. Yeah. So how do we start reversing that? Is it real estate? Is it other types of investing? Is it multiple different options? The very first way to do that is our mindset. Mm-hmm. African-Americans, we are we consume at a high rate because of our mindset. Mm-hmm. And to change our mindset in a way of thinking, we have to get educated on money. How it works, how it cycles through, how you accumulate it, how to make your money work for itself. We are accustomed. If I work 40 hours, I get this much money. Yep. And But that's going to be the long way. You want to eventually get to a place where your money starts making money for you. So let's say you work 40 hours in a week. You get, let's say, $1,000. You take that $1,000 and you put it in your bank account. You give them $1,000, but with that $1,000, they're investing in the stock market. Mm. They're investing and investing, and they're only going to give you 0.0001% interest. 
So when there's no time for you to go withdraw your money, guess what? You're going to still have $1,000. That's why you get them interest tax statements <laughs> for like 26 cents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you give them 1000 They they invest your 1000 but only give you back 1000 while they made 10000 mm. That's That's the nature of the bank. So we have to kind of find out a way. So one of the ways you can make your money work for you is ownership of a home. Now, I get it. Everybody likes watching HGTV. And we like watching these movies. I got these fat homes, big houses, stuff like that. But there's nothing wrong with starting with a starter home. Mm-hmm. Two bedroom, yeah. two bath. Or even a condo. So people be like, I don't want no condo. This is not. Owning a condo is better than renting somewhere. Mm-hmm. Because you are then able to invest in yourself and then build equity. Yeah. So yeah. that is still better mm-hmm. than renting and paying somebody else's mortgage that they're accumulating the equity. And guess what? When you leave that that um, apartment or home that you're renting, you can't take none of that equity with you. Mm-hmm. But if you own a condo and you're ready to move, you can sell it. And guess what? You get that equity that the home that garnish. Yeah. Yeah. And they are a good option. I My first property was a, a condo. And I had so many naysayers. So many people like, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't. And all this kind of thing. But it was great. Yeah. I mean, it was great. I mean, we did have like, you you know, you have different rules, of course, because you don't own everything. So right. you have like HOA and stuff like right. that, you know, but it's not you kind of just like, like you said, kind of helping somebody else build. Right. You're actually pouring back into what you're contributing to. Right. Yeah. So like you're you're pouring into your own ownership. Yeah. Which gives you a level of power and authority and things yep. like that, that we often don't get with without you know taking over ownership of something yeah correct and because it honestly it's not about where you start it's all about where you finish mm-hmm. and so if you get a condo that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to just only be able to have a condo for the rest of your life that's where you start and then in five six years when that condo has garnished a lot, a lot of equity when you go buy another home you have so much money and equity that helps with the down payment for your next home mm-hmm. or um, down payment plus the money to decorate your home so you don't have to go into debt, which we'll talk about. Um, and so you really want to have a realistic um, home that you can attain now instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to save for 15 years and I'll get something. That's cool. But then you're leaving 15 years of equity on the table that you would have got a starter home or a condo that you could be building to help you get to your forever home mm-hmm. or your dream home. And I don't think you can find... You know, sometimes people are perfectionists. And so they're, well, I'm going to wait till I find exactly what I want. It has everything that I want. Like, Uh, that's difficult. I tell this to all my clients. You will never find a home that checks 100% of your boxes Mm -hmm. unless you build it yourself. And even after you build it, you're going to (laughs) watch AGTV and be like, oh, how come I didn't include that? Yep. So, (laughs) and this is why I ask my clients, are you looking for your dream home? Are you looking for your forever home or are you looking for a home or are you looking for your next home? Mm-hmm. Right. Your forever home. You want to get as closest to your list as possible because that's that's all you're saying. I am not moving nowhere from this home. This yep. is where I'm going to rest my eyes is at this home. So you want to get it as close to all your checkoff list as possible because you're never going to leave that home again. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to get a home then you can't get a home with the forever home expectation of thinking that everything is going to be in this home. Right. You have to have gives and takes. Yep. Give and yep. take. And if you're in California, 
you know, depending on where our listeners are listening to, California, y'all know how expensive our real estate is. So the more you want, the more you're gonna have to to pay and come down, uh, make a down payment for and stuff like that. So you want to have your negotiable, non-negotiables, right? So if you like a yard in your backyard and you're just set on, I need my house to have a, that's that's fine, you know. But if you start saying, well, I need a yard, I need a sunroom, I need a washroom, I need all these things, you know, then you're gonna cut your choice, your uh, choices slim and. It's going to be very difficult. So mm-hmm. you got to become realistic about what type of home you're looking for. But what's better as far as real estate for like investment, investing and, and just generating wealth? Or is it all of the above? So like, you know how you can buy land, mm-hmm. you can get a condo, a townhouse, you can get a, a single family home, you can get a mobile home or mm-hmm. like a manufactured home. home. Like, you know, like are all of these good options or, you know, it, as far as like maybe somebody that can't really buy a home right now, mm-hmm. maybe, but maybe they can afford to go buy land. Mm-hmm. Right. Like is land still lucrative for building wealth? Like how does that all work? Yeah. So land is good because land doesn't depreciate. Right. So when you look at a home, say like a home down the street, the reason why that home goes up and down is not the land itself. It's the it's the home on top of that land that mm. appreciates or depreciate. But the land itself don't depreciate. Uh, don't depreciate. But the caveat is, if I go buy land, unless another developer is going to buy me out to develop on that land, the land for me is not going to yield me any money. Mm. And it takes so long to sell land. Because you're really hoping, you're really hoping that you can go into an area that hasn't been developed yet, buy the land for cheap, and then a developer comes in and says, "Hey, mm-hmm. we want to buy, buy, pay you for that land." And that's how you see a lot of money. But if I just go buy land down the street, yeah, I own the deed, but it's not garnishing me any money. But does it help you with any write-offs? Like, what's the benefit? Of yeah, it? you can do this. Definitely, you can do tax write-off with of, of land. Um, but so I would ask the person, "What is your intentions with the land?" Mm. Are you saying, hey, I want to buy the land because in 10 years, I want to build my home on there? Then, yeah, it makes sense to get the land now, pay off that land. And so then now you got to do is get a construction loan, which is going to be cheaper than getting a mortgage Mm. on your home. Then you get a construction loan that just builds on top of the land that you already own. Or you can have your own land and then other people can build on your land and you do a land lease. And that's a way to generate money is you're leasing the land for other people to, to, to buy on. What's popular with that is like the Indian reservations. If you buy a home in an Indian reservation, you don't really own the land. You're in a land lease. Now, your land lease could be 99 years, which is longer than some people's lives. But you're really paying a lease back to the person who owns that mm. owns that land. Mm-hmm. So um, I always say any form of ownership is good, but it's all about your long goal to long um, term uh, goals with it. Now, I would say um, a starter home is great. You can get you a two bedroom, two bath. That's a great investment um, because in, in California, we know like no matter where you at at this point in time, let's say it's going up. Mm-hmm. So what you could afford five years ago or what you could have bought for a price at five years ago is not going to be today's today's price. So to say, hey, you get your starter home and most people stay in their home, their first home on an average of anywhere between four to seven years. So you buy a home today. Seven years from now, you're going to garnish equity because that property value would have gone up and you would have paid down what you've borrowed. And so all that in between becomes money in your pocket once you sell. So that's a good a good investment. Starter homes, 
Condos are good as too. Now, condos does take a little bit longer to sell, but they do sell and you still get equity. Now, they don't appreciate in, in equity as fast, but it depends on what market. Like when we were in the pandemic or in crisis where there's not enough homes, people were overbidding for everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, so any any form of, of ownership is good because it's going to help you get to your next. Now, challenge is saving the money for the down payment. Mm -hmm. Now that's where we I see a lot of challenges because unless like other cultures, their parents give them the money for the down mm, home mm -hmm. for the down payment. Their their parents will go into equity of their home, take it out to give it to their children to go buy a home, or other cultures do multi-generational living. Well, they get a big enough house to bring their in-laws in or their parents in, and their parents help with the bulk of the money for the new home. In our culture, African American culture, that's not really mm -hmm. That's not really the norm because at 18, we want to move out and show that we we can be independent. Or we get we or, get kicked out. Or we get kicked out. We get this, when you turn 18, real you better it. get some, up out of my some house. Some folks got kicked out. Yeah. So <laughs> they ain't have a choice. When you turn 18, you better get up out of my mm -hmm. house. So, and then the most uh the average African American family, their parents doesn't have the the finances just to give their children 10% down on a home. Especially we're talking about California. You know, so sometimes these ten percent of homes could be fifty, sixty thousand. Mm -hmm. You know, get the twenty thousand, twenty percent down. That's a hundred some thousand. So the average African American family doesn't doesn't have that to be able to give to them. So what I see the challenges for African American community is saving up for that down payment. Mm -hmm. What are some workarounds though? Because I know there's programs. Correct. You know, you can borrow from your four hundred one k and use that for a down payment. Like, what are some of like the the solutions to Maybe the down payment challenge. Yeah. So FHA, um, they allow you to put 3.5% down on a home, right? So FHA is a great way to not have it to bring 10%, 10 to 20% down as conventional. Now, their loan are a little bit more strict, but it's it's great to help you get into the home because you can always refinance out of FHA down the, down, down the road and get you into a conventional loan. Um, there are uh, first-time home buyer programs that will... Um, assist you with the down payment and what essentially they do is um they'll wrap your down payment to the end of your loan so instead of you coming up with twenty thousand dollars in the front they just make it as a lien sometimes they put as a second like the dream fund program was a second on your home other first-time programs just wraps it at the end so you don't pay it up front but you eventually pay it at the end um when you get through your 30-year mortgage loan but those but like i said you just the goal is to get in the home so if you can find a first-time home buyer program because people be like oh well they're just gonna put in a loan yeah either you have to come up with the money up front or you can put it at the back end but you never know how god's gonna bless you in between you know mm -hmm. you can get more resources to pay off your home quicker because the goal is to get into something that you can own that will gain equity and as you're building equity that's extra money on the inside that you can be able to do to build in other areas yeah. So for FHA, they have first-time homebuyer programs um, that help with that. And the goal is to um, decrease your debt now and increase your income. So those who are looking for a home right now, you want to decrease your debt. So that means credit cards, car payments, all this stuff that's going to debt that you could really be putting into your savings. What's the ratio? So your mortgage payment is going to be, they want anywhere between, ideally they want 35%. Okay. 
uh, debt uh, to income ratio? No, no. So your your mortgage payment they want really to be thirty five percent of your income that month, which is going to be very difficult in California. So they'll go up to forty five percent. Even some programs will even go. Uh, a lender will let you do fifty percent of what your mortgage payment to be of what you bring bring in. So if you bring in, let's say ten thousand dollars a month, they they're saying five thousand is going to be allotted to your mortgage. And that's kind of like how they determine how much home you can afford. Ideally, they want you closer to the 40%, but there's some lenders that will go to the 50%. Um, so a $5,000 a month, that will determine how much home you can can buy. A lot of times we eat up that 50% because if I have $10,000, but I got my credit card payments or a couple, let's say $1,000 a month, I have a max out of all my credit cards. And then I have a uh, $800 car payment plus insurance. And then because when you turn into a lender, they want to see your bank statements. They want to see your taxes. <laughs> they want to see W-2. So they, they're going to track what you're spending your mm -hmm. money on because they got to verify your bills and stuff like that. So if you have, if you get 10,000 a month, but 6,000 is automatically going to just bills, that's 4,000 that's left. But then they're going to, but then no lender is going to approve all 4,000 to go into a home because they'll think, well, one bad month, you won't be able to make your payment, you know? So you really want to get your debt to income ratio down. And so what I advise people is because it's kind of hard to save for a down payment and eliminate debt unless you're going to get like a second job or you have other stream of income. So you want to focus on really alleviating that debt so that you can put more money into your savings. Mm. But what, what is a um, good debt to income percentage? Uh, like is it thirty percent debt versus seventy percent income? Is it fifty fifty? Is it twenty eighty? Yeah, probably you want you want eighty percent income and twenty percent like you don't really want to do fifty fifty. That means half the money you coming in. I mean, all of the money you coming in, half is going to debt. That that is a high ratio. And lenders, mm -hmm. this is how you start getting high interest rates and other things because. They're basically saying we don't trust that you can make the payment, so we have to overcharge you so that we can feel secure. And you really don't want to get into that. You really want to, I say, eliminate that. Like, you know, and there's so many financial gurus like Dave Ramsey. I listen to Dave Ramsey, but he's a no debt kind of person. He don't want you to have no type of debt. And then you have Grant Cordone who believes in debt. So it's really what you feel where you want to land, but from a lender perspective, they're looking at your debt and how you manage money. If you don't manage money well, they're either going to deny you or you're going to have an astronomically high interest rate, which is going to affect the level of home you can get. So if you could afford a four two bedroom, but if you have high debt, you might have to go with a two two because it, your buying power gets reduced. And that's also true, though, for just the situation that's happened right in this last year. Yeah. Without debt to income being like the determining factor, just naturally because of the increase in interest rates. Yeah. The person that could afford a house for five thousand dollars a month now with these interest rate increases they can't afford that can't anymore afford because now that five thousand a month is now seven thousand a month yeah. and it kicked them out of the running out of the running and the market and the inflate this is they're hoping that that helps the market but if take away inflation if we're in a normal market if you have a bad credit score you're gonna be they're gonna shop you a very high interest rate mm-hmm because they saying, I don't trust that you're going to be able to make the payment. And so um, let's look at Navy Federal just was in the news <laughs> because 
it was said that they denied African-American applicants at a uh, higher rate than the counterparts of white people, even though they had the same qualifications. And so everybody is in the uproar and everybody is in the, and as they should, because if, if the two applicants are the same, mm -hmm. one shouldn't be denied, um, shouldn't be denied versus the other based off skin color, right? But I'm on Facebook and I'm in a Navy Federal Credit Union Facebook group. Everybody in their group was sitting there for the last three years telling people how to how to hack Navy Federal and get astronomical credit card credit limits card limits. <laughs> right? They they they're teaching you the way like, oh, all you gotta do is do this and do this. And people in there talk about why well, I haven't paid my bill, this, this, and that. And so now we see that these companies are auto are, are correcting itself for all the high money that they've given out and things like that. Now you have to read through all those articles to see if it was strictly based on skin color. And if it is, then that's wrong. But I believe that everybody's getting denied across the board high because of all the high um, loans and stuff that was taken out for the last couple of years. So it's only the market um, correcting itself. All I have to say now is that you want to put yourself in the best position possible so that when the market changes, you don't have to get ready. You're already ready. So that means, okay, Vaughn, like me, I have a 2014 Honda Civic. Do I want another car? Yes. But is there something wrong with my car now? No. Does it still work? Yes. Does it give me the ADB? Yes. I can go get a car, but then I'm adding that to my debt. And that's going to affect my buying power if I were to get a new home this year. So you got to kind of like make those kind of decisions. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, thinking about like your spending and your spending habits. Now, I mean, if something happens and right. you just have to go out and spend because right. of circumstance, you got to do what you got to do. Gotta I mean, do. it is what it is. And ultimately, if God has it for you, it's still going to happen. Like, yeah. it's just what it is. Um, but. Can you talk a little bit about like what is like a is there a checklist to help people be prepared? Like how yes. do you know when's the right time? Like like tips, something. Yeah. So there's the checklist. You're gonna need two years worth of W-2s, your taxes. And that's just to show employment history. They're gonna ask you for three months of check stubs and three months of uh your bank statements. That's just to get you financially qualified. To get a loan. Now, a good way to start practicing if you can afford a house payment is to go. They have all these mortgage calculators right now. Square footage for a home. Whatever you decide, you type that in and then say your mortgage is, let's say, $3,000 a month. Start paying yourself into a savings account $3,000 a month now. Right? So that will be able to see if you are able to handle that much. So say, well, you say, hey, well, right now I'm renting and I pay $2,000. Okay, so you pay the landlord two thousand and take that one extra thousand and put it into a savings account. That's your three thousand, and that will be able to help you determine can you afford a three thousand dollar a month mortgage, right? Because you want to be able to see. Because, like I said, things change. You know, you can get into a house, and then you never know. Property value go up, property taxes go up, different things like that. So you really want to get in the habit. You really want to see how it feels right now to pay a higher mortgage or whatever case, um, get in the habit of doing that now. Um, also, you always want to start, you want to check the market and find a real estate agent like myself. 
did say, call me and say, hey, what is the market looking like? Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, well, right now, interest rates are going to go down a little bit. And so the best time to buy is when you are 100% ready. So people are saying right now, for instance, Vaughn, the interest rates right now are high. So I'm going to wait. Then I have another client saying, Vaughn, I'm ready to buy right now. I don't care what the interest rates is. Now, one person can say, well, the person doesn't care about the interest rate. It's crazy. Well, I would say if that person is 100% ready and want to buy, because what happens is if we go look for a home, because the interest rates are high, I can negotiate the price of the home coming down or offering money to pay down the interest rates versus the person is going to wait till the interest rates come down. Well, guess what? Half of America is waiting for the interest rate to come down. So then you're going to get in the bidding war with other buyers because now you have so many buyers and not enough homes. So this is where you get into the bidding wars of fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars over asking. So you have to ask yourself: Do I want to pay over, or do I want to have these people have the seller potentially give me money back so I can pay down my interest rate for the next two years? So it's everything is strategy. So whenever you feel that you're one hundred percent ready, you're checking in with a real estate agent, saying, "Hey, what's the what's the housing market looking like?" And it's just it's, it's timing. It's timing because you know. They're saying by September, rates are going to go back down to 5%, mm. you know, high five. And that's and that's going to flood the market with people trying to buy. September this year? September this year. That's, that's a huge drop. It's going to be a huge drop. But then if it if it does, but that's, that's what the federal government does. That's how they feel, depending on what they do. If they feel that inflation is curving the need for people borrowing money and they can start dropping it. Um, but if that happens... Everybody that hasn't been buying for the last two years is going to want to buy at that lower rate. So you're going to have a lot more competition, you know. So um, it's well, all. I mean, that's. I mean, if it's going to happen, well, if they're projecting it's going to happen by September, that's only a few months. Yeah. So what would be the advantage of a person buying now, paying eight percent versus waiting a few months and paying like a whole? Three percent less. Good, good question. So what happens is, if you're if you go to a lender and says, uh, and your lender says, okay, interest right now is seven percent. To buy down your interest rate to five and a half percent or six percent, you're going to need twenty thousand dollars. Twenty thousand dollars will buy your interest rate down for two years to five and a half to six percent. Vaughn, let's go look for a home. Okay, seller, we like your home, but I need you to give us twenty five thousand dollars back at the close of escrow. That $20,000 will go to buying down your points to 5.5%. And, you know, and then you have the extra five to do whatever you want. So you will be able to get into this, the home quicker. Now, same scenario. If you wait until September and the home is 600000 the chances of you asking for the, the seller to give you money when there's six and seven other offers is going to be slim to none. In fact... Other offers are probably going to give you twenty and thirty thousand over. So then you're going to ask yourself: Is this home, even though I got it at five and a half percent, six percent, do I want to pay thirty thousand dollars over the asking price? So instead of paying six hundred thousand, I'll be paying six hundred and thirty thousand. But essentially, you will be paying more anyway because if you buy it down, it's only good for X amount of years. Yep. And then the rate's going to adjust to something higher, yep. right? So do you know what that higher rate will be? 
Do they tell you or do you just see what it is at that time? They'll tell you. So if you if your rate is seven percent, but you buy it down to five and a half percent, then it will go up at two years it'll go back to seven percent. Mm. But the hopes is that if the market is going to correct itself and stay at five and a half, then you can refinance back to that lower rate. So it is, it's not a guarantee that that works. Right. Right. So, but that is a strategy that some people are using now because their mindset is, well, I'd rather get, I'd rather pay less for a home and get the seller to give me back money than for me to overpay for a home, even though I'm at a lower interest rate, you know? So mm. it's all about what you feel, feel comfortable because some people don't have, when you get approved for a home, so you get approved for $600 a home, but you, there's bids for 630 and 640 that extra money that's over if you want to get in that bid it has to come from your own pocket a lender is not going to buy a home for more than what it appraised for so if you if you say okay the home is 600,000 but I want to bid 630 if the appraisal comes in at 600 that $30,000 gap you have to fill mm -hmm. you know so you know it's it's all strategy but it all goes back to buy a home when you're ready but I can definitely help you get ready. So no matter what market we find, we land in, there's always a strategy to, to navigate that. And can you talk about a little bit about like the perseverance that people that are seeking, looking to purchase and things like that, the perseverance that you have to have not yeah. to give up because I know just from being like, like the outsider of, <laughs> of watching you and experiencing you dealing with these clients and being so stressed out and <laughs> like all this stuff that overflows on my side. Right. Like I know that you could have the absolute perfect scenario. Yeah. You could have all the money in the world. You got a money yeah. for a down payment, the extra money, all this stuff, the right credit, the right income and still have a challenge yeah. buying a house. Like you could get into a contract and fall out. Yeah. Like, like, can you speak to that? Like, yeah. encourage people, okay. please. I've sold millions of dollars worth of real estate. And none of my transactions of the buyers that I've had picked the first home they saw. Mm -hmm. None. I'm now I'm millions in now. Nobody has picked the very first home. I skipped the first home the very first weekend we went and saw multiple homes. Nobody has picked the first weekend home and there was one client that took you on multiple trips around <laughs> the world all of northern california and central california <laughs> for, and didn't buy nothing for two months jesus Christ. i didn't buy nothing right and yeah so they didn't buy nothing right so for one so then we have to you know understand and i want you to guys understand it's okay that if you don't see the home that you like the very first weekend mm -hmm. it's okay Right, with it's it's gonna happen. Now I will say you might not always get the home that you put an offer in for, but I guarantee you'll always get the home that God wants you to have. Mm -hmm. And this is what I mean by that. I've had a client put in uh, in for a home, and we thought we got it, and it fell and it fell out. Only to find out that the next home that they got was the one that they want. Mm -hmm. I had a client that we went to one. She said uh, she's retired. She's getting ready to retire. Her husband's retired. She said, I want to live on a house on a golf course. I found her a perfect home on a golf course. I said, we need to put an offer in. She said, oh, I want to think about it. I called her the next day. We need to put an offer in. Oh, I want to think about it. I called her the next day. I want to put an offer in. I want to think about it. She calls me on the fourth day. She said, I want to put an offer in. I called the agent. The agent had just submitted a contract, just accepted the offer the day before. So, which means that we would have put the offer in the first day. Mm -hmm. Her offer would have got 
got accepted. She was so upset and distraught that I was sending her other homes because she had the golf course in her mind. She didn't want nothing else. It didn't yep. matter if I had a better home for her. It didn't matter if it looked nice. She All she wanted was a golf course. What, two months later? Mm-hmm. Three months later? Yeah. We, I've, another home in, with the golf course in the back comes up, and I said, look, another one came up, but we can't, we can't drag our feet like last time. She puts an offer in, but the crazy thing is she liked the home, but the husband... <laughs> The husband didn't like the home. And so going for, you know, and let them go back and forth. And we still went through and he was like, okay, whatever my wife wants. We went to go visit them uh, last year. And he says, man, I'm starting to love this place. Like, even though he, at the beginning, he didn't like the home, but now he likes the home. And so, but the wife loved the home. And so in the process, you have to be open-minded. You have to be open-minded and you have to, if you are a couple, you have to be on the same page. If you're a single person buying the home, be open-minded to different possibilities. Now, it will get tough. It, it does get discouraging, especially when you go look for a home and you see five other people mm-hmm. wanting the same home you you got. And we can declare and we can decree and we can believe God. And I'm a, and I'm a strong believer. But that doesn't guarantee all the time that you're going to get that particular house because God may have something better for you. The goal of it is not to quit. Mm-hmm. If you are ready and you have and you've gone before the Lord, the Lord is our provider, and He's going to give you exactly what it is that you need. I had another couple. We've seen homes after homes after homes after homes for one or two months. We took a break. We got back, uh, followed up. We seen home after home after home, and it was just seemed like nothing. That one home the husband liked, the wife didn't like. The other home the wife liked, the husband didn't like. We could never get on the same page. So I had one more home. And I was in my head, I was like, man, they're not gonna like this home. <laughs> I was like, they're not gonna like this home. But like the spirit of God kept saying, no, take them to this home. I took them home. We walked in. They loved the home. They loved it. <laughs> so much so they're like, whatever we gotta do to get this. So as 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 important as it is for you not to give up, you have to have an agent that doesn't give up on you as well. Yeah. You know, don't Zillow will you'll go on Zillow and they'll recommend you agents. You want to have an agent that will have a relationship with you that doesn't look at you as a commission check, but it's more relational with you that has your best interest. Because if you get an agent that doesn't know you and you don't know them, um, you want some you want an agent that has a buy-in with you that wants to see you. Um, they're gonna give you what you want and not just put you in anything that you don't want just for a check. Yeah. So you want an agent that's gonna work hard for you. At the same time, you know, don't give up on the process. And especially African Americans, a lot of us is it's new for a lot of for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Some of us are only first generation homeowners, second generation homeowners, or you know, grandma had a home, but maybe the kids, mama and dad did it, you know. So um it's new territory. We don't come from multi-generations of owning homes and this, this, and that. So it's a new process, but don't get discouraged. It, it will happen. Yeah. Well, this was good. This was really good. So if somebody needs an agent. Yes. Contact me. Bond <laughs> underscore Sterling on Instagram. Um, on Facebook, Bond um, S. McGee the second. Um, you can call me 916-995-8127. And I also want to give you guys a couple of good resources for building wealth, uh, psychology of money by Morgan Housel. And then investing one on one by Michelle Kagan. Uh, again, that's the psychology of money by Morgan and investing one on one by Michelle. 
Yeah, those are really good resources. And uh, thank you for sharing those. And my hope is that you all, my husband, will start doing some videos. I will. And get yeah. out there this year. Yeah, I will. And really, just really do some quick tips and 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 just like kill it out there in the real estate industry. Yeah. Um, and help others, yeah. right? Help others kill it and become investors and real estate developers themselves or whatever they're called when you own multiple properties yep. and stuff like that. Yep. And you know, I'll bring some, you know, our good friend Ted, mm -hmm. we'll bring him on. Uh, for commercial, oh, yeah. uh, he's gonna be good. He's a believer as well. You guys will love Ted. Yeah, you guys will love Ted. <laughs> and, you know, our goal is, you know, we're gonna do things, educational uh, podcasts like this uh, to just be out there for people. And if you guys have any questions, please feel free to inbox me, text me, call me, um, help you. If you're out of state, I can help you pick an agent. Um, if you're in state, and um, I'm willing to help you, or if you want to vet other, I'll give you the stuff to say how to find a lender. Yeah, that's very key. You gotta have a good lender. I'll give you some tips on how to search and vet good lenders. Yeah. Um, stuff what about like, that. like um, just real quick, while you said that, or thought I thought about like people that's buying like a new build, and then those builders have their own agents or something like that. So mm -hmm. how does that work? Like, like how would a person navigate that space? You want to take it. You want to take a real estate agent even to a new build, right? Even to a new build because the average buyer don't know the language of real estate. Right. So a real estate agent really is your advocate. My job is to advocate for my buyer, advocate for my seller. So even with new bills, you might think, oh, well, it's a new bill. Everything be perfect. Guess what? Man is making it. Mm. So because yep. man is making it, man is capable of making mistakes. You still, sh you still should get an inspection report from your own independent contractor before you sign off on a new bill. Um, you know, things like that. Now, there are some new builders who won't pay a commission to an agent that comes outside of them. Um, and so a lot of agents won't now represent you for a new build. I will still go with you because I feel, I believe in relationship, you know. So if you have a new build that won't cooperate, their that new build won't cooperate um, and co by, by carpet, I mean pay a commission to your own agent. I still say if, if you're local, I'll still go, but still have an agent come because, or at least get on the phone with an agent and, and to know what questions you should ask um, at the very minimum, because um, it's still a real estate deal and you're still signing up for 15 or 30 years. And once you get into these kind of agreements, it's going to be very, it's very hard to navigate on your own without good representation. Do you have a checklist or like FAQs that you could, give to people yeah i will create a faq list and if you're interested um inbox or comment below or contact us and i'll, I'll email you um uh, a fact sheet that'll be good you heard it he's gonna email you so <laughs> that means he's gotta have <laughs> it and put it together yeah. his action item yeah. his action item yeah. well this has been great thank you for um indulging us with questions about real estate and just just going to a whole nother level in life this year, yeah. you know, just encouraging and empowering us to any last words. No, uh, just pursue, pursue your dreams, pursue it, go after it. Um, Joshua, God, God told the children of Israel, you shall possess the land. God, ownership is our, is our right. So let's, let's go out there and possess the land. Yeah, that's good. We're going to close right on that one. That was perfect. That was perfect. All right, y'all. We'll see y'all next week. Peace.